guest is the host of the Minus Three podcast. I want to welcome back on Mr. Dave Damachek. Dave, you ready for the season? I mean, whether I am or not, it's coming, right? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm all set for it. Yeah, I've been ready for it since um, about the third week in February. So yeah, I'm raring to go. Yeah. This this all season feels longer, even though it's the same length. <laughs> I, I guess so, but you know. Pro football, people are now fully aware of it. And now you watch all the other leagues trying to do the same thing. But you have to give them credit. They successfully somehow took a 16-week or 17-week season and turned it into a 365-day affair that you must pay attention to with zero weeks off. It really is crazy that the sports gods provide something, even if it's salacious, some tidbit that you're going to be talking about before whatever season's happening in any other sport. Oh, the playoff? It's the semifinals of the NBA? Yeah, yeah. Did you hear uh, that free agent might uh, go to the Bengals? Yeah. It always trumps everything else. It's yeah, remarkable. No. It's wild because you really had Super Bowl, and then we had Combine, and then we had the, the free agency, then we had the draft, and we had where's Dan Snyder in Europe right now, and is he going to make it to, <laughs> is gonna make it to the – make it to right. the, his, his subpoena? Is he going to show up the subpoena? Is he coming back to the country? And then we're back to – Thank you, camp. players, coaches, and owners for all <laughs> stepping up and providing us with uh, with gossipy kind of uh, um, possibly felonious deeds to to uh, keep our eye on the ball all through the yeah, offseason. Yeah, that's what. And with your with your Steelers, uh, this is obviously with Ben retired. I heard about least, that. Yeah, they did. He yeah, did. I don't, okay, I just want to make sure you knew because going into it, there might be somebody else and he wears gloves. But um, um, going it, this feels like the least amount of hyper Steelers team in a long time. Even though Tomlin Tomlin's not going to let them like tank. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You know, I don't know if I'd agree with the sentiment that there are low expectations more than in general or less than low expectations, whatever. I feel like since Roethlisberger hurt his elbow, I mean, now two years, three years ago, whatever it was, it was always, always, there's always always been skepticism that it's over. They should move on. Where's the succession plan. They don't think he's old and you can tell he's on his last legs and they better figure out like, yeah, there are a lot of QBs available in the draft and in free agency. Don't worry, everybody. They'll figure out a quarterback with a pulse who can come in there and play the position at this point. But yeah, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying about what Tomlin will do. I mean, the combo of Tomlin, and Brian Flores, and beyond that, I think, you know, you know, it's, um, you know, more practically, I guess, it, they have at all three levels, you know, one of the top three players at his position. I mean, Cam Hayward is one of the great interior. Oh, I thought you were talking about George linemen. Pickens. Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to offense. I'm just looking at the defense, right. the, 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 the Tomlin slash Flores uh, gangbusters defense. It should be legitimately should be. Um, I mean, if it isn't a top three defense, then Tomlin will be disappointed yeah. because clearly the premise of this year is we're going to dominate teams defensively, much like the 21 team did. I, to me, it will be one of the funniest, greatest miracles of my sports fandom life that the 21 Steelers somehow knuckleballed their way into the NFL playoffs, beating teams in the quarterback league. Every game is 50-plus combined points, and somehow the Pittsburgh Steelers got into the playoffs, had a winning record, winning games 15-13 to 13 every week. It was, the, it was the funniest full season ever that made everybody else so angry. I loved it. But, yes, I think they'll try to do the same thing, knuckleball their way to victory. Everybody 
everybody else with the fancy QBs. They will just try to make things rough on uh, on offense and scratch out just enough points um, with the aforementioned Pickens and Najee Harris and otherwise the cupboard ain't bare in terms of skill positions with the Steelers. The question mark is a QB. And obviously, if you've looked at them in August, I caution you against doing that because as always, August is a Civil War reenactment in pro football. It only yeah. looks real. It ain't yeah. that don't try and interpret too much from it, but the offensive line does look empirically bad, but I, I would be surprised um, with a win total of seven and a half right now for the Steelers. Yeah. I would be, I would be thoroughly surprised if, if this were the year that Tomlin wound up under that number, I think he, you know, nine and eight is to me the baseline for this team, even in a tough division, even in a really all-time brutal conference. Um, obviously with the offensive line, they didn't really address it, but obviously they had draft capital. They opted not to use it. They had money to spend. They didn't use it. Do you think they're higher on some of these guys they already have in the fold than maybe the public is? Well, I, you know, I think James Daniels was considered to be a, a big spend by the Steelers free agent standard. So, yeah, they were excited about him and then Mason Cole at center. Now, the reports from people who are in Latrobe uh, day in and day out are, are that something looks weird with James Daniels. He's not been the player they want. I refer you back to. And I'm not trying to be pie eyed. I refer you back to my previous statement about the Civil War reenactment. It doesn't count until the games count. Everything else, I mean, you know, listen, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be too cavalier about it. But, um, and if he's a bust, then that would be a shame because I think a lot of um, their hopes were built around a young guy, um, you know, still 24 in James Daniels, but this emerging talent that would solidify the interior of the line. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't fix what was a flawed roster fully in one off season. But, you know, um, I think they did a, a pretty good job if Pickett hits. And I do have to say, even if he doesn't, it's worth the roll of the dice spiritually. I mean, in the age of free agency and otherwise, and this like, who's the top bidder for my services kind of logic, which by the way, I, I, uh, you know, I stand by if, if, if I were a player, I also would take the most money too. Yeah. But in this era in which we live, if this works, that the kid from Pitt moves across the hallway to play for the Steelers and it works at Dave Yens, it's going to be the greatest story going in football. Do you think everybody's going to start showing up with two gloves or and it'll, maybe it'll be like at the level of the terrible towel if he, if he kind of gets rolling? You know what? I like this idea. And I'm going to steal it from you. Go for it. And I'm going to start being the two gloves guy. That's an awesome idea. That's exactly right. That's how you show your support for number eight. You show up in two gloves and it'll all be great. Yeah. No, Tony, they could, they could, they might, if you start, start selling them outside their ring or outside. Do I have bigger hands than an NFL QB? Maybe. Bigger than, probably bigger than Pickett. Uh, was that a concern to you at all in the draft? The hand size? What do I know? I mean, you know, no, in theory. Uh, it, it uh, the thing that was interesting about it was that it did feel like one of those things, like one of those 50, 50 splits of it's kind of like, because I've talked to a bunch of players about this. Uh, when, when, when a guy gets cut by one team in the season and then a division rival signs him a couple weeks later, right before they play that 
team he just got cut from. And I was like, oh, he's going to tell them the playbook. He's going to, and I say, is that really a thing? And half the guys you talk to will be like, no, what's he have to tell anybody? And the other half was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He knows the secrets. So it's like a, a lot of the draft evaluators were like, this is a problem. His hand size and other people were like, ah, it's pap. So I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Right. Yeah. No, everyone's uh... No, yeah, and because it kind of reminded me, I don't remember the whole when, when Boss, the Celtics, switching sports couple years ago when they were going after Durant. And they remember, I think he was like in Long Island, he was like in Long Island or something. And they brought Brady and Olenek and Sullinger and Avery Bradley. I think Marcus Smart was there and Jay Crowder. And they and, and they pitched them to come. And I think they were like the second thing. And then he signs with the Warriors and Jay Crowder was pissed. He goes, we told him our secrets. <laughs> like, like, yeah, well, great. So, yeah, no, but that's that's interesting. And then, kind of looking around the league, anybody that kind of intrigues you that people really aren't talking about, because I feel like everybody's everybody's very high in the AFC West. I'm very low in the NFC East. We only know what's going to go at the NFC South, and then it's kind of just like a crapshoot until the season gets going. It's funny. The ones that I thought my 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 thoughts on this team is better than people or worse than people collectively see. I. I I'm kind of bummed that over the last week, as the season is just about to kick off now, I've noticed a bunch of people now getting on board with, say, the Vikings. Um, I'm not as over my skis about them as some people are. I think the Packers still rule that division. But I thought no one's really noticing the way the roster looks. And if you were replacing the curmudgeon defensive-minded Zimmer, with a progressive offensive coach coming over from the Rams and what that could mean for Kirk Cousins and for that offense. I, you know, now people are getting on board with it. I still like the Packers there. Um, I guess what counts as a hot take that the Chiefs are going to take a second to get fully up to speed in what they're trying to do. I think the people who within and beyond the Chiefs organization who are trying to convince themselves and you that it's no big whoop that Tyreek Hill has gone. Tyreek Hill is on track for a Hall of Fame career. Taking him out of the mix when he was one of the three central figures of what was a divisional or even a conference dynasty for the last half decade is not a small matter. So maybe they'll, they'll, they'll you know, not skip a beat. But the idea that it's crazy for me to say that in that brutal division, and it is that, the Chargers are loaded. They are, to me, they're my Super Bowl team, in fact. Yeah, I have them in um, division, at least the division. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think that's getting wild. I know they didn't. I, I heard, like everybody else, they didn't make the playoffs. But point to me the deficiency on that roster. There really isn't one. In the age of free agency, this is about as airtight a roster as you could get. Um, really like the Raiders. I get the concerns about the offensive line. But um, I like where they're tracking. I think people just completely got amnesia about the way things ended for them. And you could give Biasachi credit for that, but give Derek Carr, the lion's share, the credit for the way they went out. Think about what he did. Think of what that team did. With, that was an all-time crazy season. It better be a 30 for 30. That whole season better be a I mean, it was crazy, the, the yeah. crap that went on. And he still rose above Carr and everybody else rose above and they went to the playoffs and then they went to Cincinnati and everybody's singing songs about Burrow and all of that. And rightly so, but they had, they just about won that game. So anyway, I think people are a little down on the Raiders. And the other thing that's weird cynicism to me is like, ah, Russell Wilson's cooked. 
Like he is, he's 34. I think we're going to look back much like people who said Peyton Manning, like he has a bad neck. Why is everybody falling all over themselves yeah. for him when the, I think the Colts would know if he had anything left in the tank, but they've moved on to Andrew Luck. As it turned out, uh, Peyton Manning still had some, uh, some football left. I think that Russell Wilson will show he does too. That leaves me with the tepid take. As far as I'm concerned, the chiefs are going to miss the playoffs. They're not a bum team. They're just going to go nine and eight. No one's going to go. No one's going to have a losing record in that division. And one other thing is I think the Colts are good. I think everybody's on board with them winning that division. I think that they will have the biggest margin between themselves and the second place team of any division winner in the league. I like the Eagles over the Cowboys. I don't think that's that hot, I, but I think that the division in general, I mean, you're, you know, Dak, you're Dak Prescott away from it being a, a really bad division. And by the way, it's been a bad division for a few years now. The Cowboys last year kind of obscured it, but since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Well, they were a wild card. What was their, their record? No, they won a wild card. They were the, were the number one two. No, they won, they, no they, they won 12 games last okay. year. But, but still, you know, since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, which wasn't, you know, what, what wasn't five minutes ago. It's been a little while since they yeah. did. The Cowboys have had two seasons in which they won double-digit games, and they're the only team in the division that's won double-digit games since the Eagles won that Super Bowl. That's a terrible division. That's fair. And really, you know, there's no uh, – Jalen Hurts. I think it, the East is a fascinating premise because I love to point to, and a lot of other people started to do it as well, is the, um, the dynamic of, like, do you have the real deal at QB? but he's still on his rookie contract because you can really flesh out the rest of the roster. Whether or not Jalen Hurts is the real deal, the rest of the roster is great in Philly. Um, and on the other side, you have the Cowboys who are paying $50 million to Dak, and this has created a bunch of holes in the roster. So now it really comes down to, because I don't think that many people, I like the commies more than I think some, some people really? do. Yeah, I, I, I think they have a decent chance. What they should do is go with Sam Howell ASA AMP, forget about Carson. But our, D, our D coordinator can't identify a blitz in DC. He said it wasn't that big of a deal. You, you concerned about that at all? Well, he's got a, yeah, John Fox has a lot of strong opinions on a lot of important matters. Um, but yes, I kind of like the commies. I think if they would, the, the Carson Wentz thing is weird because he had a fine year last year, um, except that then he pooped the bed when it counted. And so I, I think it would be, I'd be awfully uninspired right now as a DC football fan if I was like, of all the human beings, him? Didn't you just see how the season ended at his last stop? I would go with Sam Howell. I really do think that they would be I, – I think they immediately become intriguing the second you put the kid in there. Um, and you're wearing an RG3 shirt. So He's available, too. To put yeah. They could put I mean, him in, but I, I was talking more about the more recent kid. But anyway, either way, yeah, put a rookie in there. You saw what happened the last time you did it. That makes sense to me. But so it's really – Roster over QB or QB over roster is really what it comes down to. Like high-end talent, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, and Dak Prescott, or the entire Eagles roster. It really is going to be interesting to see how that plays out this year. If, if Jalen Hurts like grasps the offense, the offense and brings his game to an entirely new level, do you think they're on par with like some of the best teams in the NFC? The NFC is, you know, I I think it has gotten better from where I thought it was maybe four or five months ago, but yeah, I think there, I, I think it's reasonable to think, I mean, you always hear about in 
the 21st century about running back tandems being thunder and lightning. I can't remember a, a pair of wide receivers that are that, but AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are, yeah. are exactly that. Plus Dallas Goddard. So you like yeah. the skill position guys. Um, the offensive line isn't just great. It's deep. And so same goes for the defensive front too. And so some questions on the back end, but Slay now with Bradbury, assuming he's all right. Um, that is better at least than what it was a year ago. So yeah, I think so. The class to me of the NFC is the Packers. Um, and I, I like the Niners a lot. I buy the Kyle Shanahan um, understands how to get the most out of the QB. I mean, he did it with Matt Ryan. He did it with Jimmy G. Why would he not be able to do that with Trey Lance? Unless Trey Lance is just an abject abomination of a bust. Like the, the idea that like, boy, they, they swung and missed there. Like, look at the roster. And by the way, I kind of harken back to the Niners of, you know, the early part of the 20 teens, you know, dominant defense, power run game and a guy who could make some special plays with his legs and his arms and Colin Kaepernick, that kind of, I kind of just described yeah. um, the 2022 Niners in success. So they really should be, um, I think they win that division as a matter of fact, I think really? the Rams are good, but I think that the, the, the Niners are even better, but yeah, to answer your question. Yeah. I think the Eagles, you know, are one of the, you know, three or four best teams in the conference. Yeah. You high on the Buccaneers or you think the saints might get them this year? I'm not going as far as some of my pals have with the, the saints pick, because that requires that you believe in Dennis Allen. And I don't know what Dennis Allen's going to do other than what I saw him already do in his first gig. There are, there is a weird math to the guy, just because you're a good coordinator doesn't equal you in the, you know, like you watch Dan Campbell on uh, hard knocks and it makes me laugh. I don't know how good an X's O's guys he is, but you know, he commands the room yeah. and gives platitudes. He's like Ted about, Lasso. He's like Ted Lasso, but with the he really is. Well, except that, except that he's more, he has more military adjacent platitudes, yeah. but it's like, yeah. I'd be in a foxhole with him. Like, yeah, great, Dan. How about um, in the coach's box with him? Cause that's more relevant in these, uh, in, in this case. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that the saints are an interesting pick. I'll stick with the bucks, but man, you know, he's 45. It, Their it offensive can't go line forever. is gone. Their right. offensive line is, is horrible. And it cannot go on forever. I do think this is going to be, and it has become that it wasn't that when I was growing up or even, uh, 10 years ago, but the NFL weirdly has become, as we talk about the 365 nature of it the the right the, at the end of training camp this extra week after the preseason games or maybe it's attributable to that i don't know what but there's a lot of player movement and i think you'll see that right before the season starts i mean i bet you the i bet you you'll see the bucks maybe the steelers um maybe the brown like make some some legit moves to try and upgrade their team late here you think the, what, do you, what do you think of the Browns, that whole situation? You think it's just a complete dumpster fire? Oh, I think it's it's charming and it really celebrates the human condition. No, it's gross. You know, what, what, what can you say? Um, they did it to themselves. 
They are football Icarus. Jimmy Haslam and Andrew Barry had it pretty close to right where you wanted. You had your number uh, number one overall draft pick quarterback, like we talk about. He was still on his rookie deal. You had this really strong roster, and then it got sideways because he hurt his shoulder. He guts it out out of self-interest and team interest. He didn't really have a good way to go on that, either play with a terrible shoulder and then have Case Keenum win games and then make it like, well, we don't have to keep this guy. Or he gets him to the playoffs or, or, or he stinks, does bake. And then the situation that has ensued happens. People are, you, you get them for uh, pennies on the dollar. Um, but after all this, I, you know, I, it's funny because I've been saying for months, if you could hook them up to a lie detector, they would definitely back. Oh, yeah. They, they, yeah. they didn't realize what this was going to be because they got swept up in the sweepstakes yeah. for this damaged soul. They like, well, the Panthers are uh, this team. And, oh, a bunch of bidders on them. And that yeah. led them to $230 when, yeah. million. Dollars when you get to the bid and then nobody else puts their little thing up in the air and you go, oh, shit, this is ours now. Right. But for yeah. a while, while the things were going up, like, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy. And so they were like, we're going to be celebrated. We just pulled off the heist. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's a shitbag. Right. We forgot about that. Um, so they would definitely back out of that and just stick with Bake the way the PR has gone. And I think they're in line for, you know, that when uh, when Tim Tebow went to the Jets and they were pretty good in that era, like Rex Rex Ryan, they weren't great, but with Sanchez and met Rex Ryan era, you know they they were close to being you know a consistently relevant franchise. Yeah. And then they went, got Tebow, like hey, iron sharpens iron, like not for everybody. I mean, for some guys it does, but I like to think Tebow's Sanchez, a little bit nicer of a human being than. Well, but it's still messed up, Sanchez. He didn't like it. He didn't like all the questions, and neither did anyone else in the locker room. And from that point forward, they they went into a, a downward trajectory. So um, this isn't going to be a distraction for the Browns. I mean, obviously, you see Joe Batonio sticking his foot in his mouth. He's trying to be rah-rah. We're going to do no one outside this locker room kind of talk, and we're going to do it us against the world. It's like, everybody is against you and that's hard to grapple with and the microphones from from this point till week 12 what's gonna how do you get to point how do you bridge from Brissett or rosen to to all those questions that is bad it's been made clear head coaches don't like it. it's the distraction in our locker room how would deshaun watson be any different yeah. i think they're a fourth place team this year I think they're fourth place and going for it for a couple of years. Um, and then just one, one last one before I let you go. Um, Cincinnati obviously did not, their Super Bowl did not go that great, but they reloaded a lot. They they added on some pieces. I really like this safety, this first run kid. I forget, they get, I forget his name. He's making plays last Dax week. Hill. Dax Hill is unbelievable. And they bolstered the offensive line, but nobody's really considering them among the best of the AFC. Are you one of those people or do you think maybe that was their window? Oh, no, I don't think that was their window, but um because again back to the all important as far as i'm concerned rookie window that you have if you have the real deal at qb joe burrow is that in this season i think that they make the playoffs but you are ignoring reality if you don't look at the the 21 teams that preceded them in this millennium there is a weird and you know people have their theories as to why and they seem to hold water as far as i'm concerned but for whatever reason if you go to the super bowl 
and you lose, you do not have as good a season the following. It's just like the, the, the results are in. So maybe the bungles will offset that. But again, the, the, so there's that weird thing. But also, let's start with this. Are they going to sweep the Ravens and Steelers this year? They're playing and they have a first place schedule. That's enough for me to put them behind the Ravens in the standings in the AFC North this year. There's one thing I keep thinking about. I feel like people don't want to talk about it, but it's coming soon. Obviously, the Bengals are not the most um, wealthy franchise, and they pretty sure they don't really guarantee contracts after the first year. Joe Burrow is going to want a fully, a fully guaranteed top level deal. You think they're going to oh, give yeah. it to him? You think they're going to give it to him? You think they? Do you think they could? They can go to the bank and they can, they can give it to him. That's a fun question. I mean, I, I'm scratching my head about, and you know, maybe by the time of this recording, because I wouldn't be surprised if it drops at any second. But Lamar Jackson getting his deal, you know, I think it's loco, and I get where the Ravens are coming from, but they really got to thread the needle on this one from a PR standpoint. Um, they're not giving Lamar Jackson the money. He could hold them hostage theoretically oh, yeah. right now. He could be like. Hey, I've been thinking about it, man. I'd be crazy for me to play a game without guaranteed loot coming coming my way. Yeah. And the idea, well, he can make it through the season. If he just all he has to do is just get through this season and then he'll get paid out, or they'll tag him and they can keep kicking the can down the road. And by the way, I would completely get that if I were the Ravens. As he gets closer and closer to 30, the QBs who run around this century again. It's like just, it's guy just Vic. It's, it's just Vic. He's the only one to be able to do it. RG3, Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, those guys, it's not a coincidence. And Josh Allen, this applies to him as well going forward. And I think you'll see the the Bills pull back on how many design runs they give to 17 this year, at least until December and into the playoffs. But I bet you he'll turn around and hand it off. It's diminishing returns. When you are the constant in the collision on every play, you know, it's it's the Shaquille O'Neal, Eric Lindros, Mario Lemieux, Rob Gronkowski, Mark Bavaro. They, you know, power Earl Campbell. These guys wear out more quickly and people are like, well, they're the biggest guy. Why? Because it takes multiple big, fast, strong people to get them onto the ground. So it's not a surprise. Um, anyway, I get why the Ravens would be like, man, is is this going to be a winning solution? when Lamar is 30 and I kind of get that but like I say from a PR standpoint like yeah we're gonna let you go Lamar like what if he gets them to the play if they win the division now they have to and it's gonna be more money than it would have been uh if they took care of it before the season but with Burrow yeah it's a good question with uh with Mike Brown and company I think they again from a PR standpoint I, I I get the practical concern that you're you're getting to but also um Cash on hand is different than yeah. the money that they're guaranteed by being an NFL franchise. So I think they're able to manage that. But then yeah. again, I didn't get into this line of work to talk about no. math. So how dare you? And I also think the Chargers could be in that situation because the Spanos family doesn't look like that's going too well. He's up for a contract in a couple of years too. So this may be just me. It might be just me as a Washington fan who's been longing for that quarterback to appear in free agency, even though he won't come to DC, but you got two interesting situations kind of boiling with two teams that really aren't the best, at least the most flush with, with revenue, with, with, with Dave, money. Dave, Dave, once Pickett takes off, Dave, we'll, uh, we'll give you a Mitch Trubisky. 
and then your problem is solved, Dave. Yeah. He's a short drive, four hours away. Would you say it was? He was almost. They almost signed him. Yeah, I don't even know why. Why you guys took him? But uh, no, I know Washington was like. I, I sold mine for a day. I'm like, Mr. Biscuit. And then he was like, he went to the Steelers. I'm telling you the answer. I don't know long term, but remember, it was a year ago, at this time, when all the. I, Draft evaluation is a difficult business to get into, but expert or not, well, go back and look at the quarterbacks and then tell me about these teams that are about to, you know, are trying to sell to their fan bases. Like if we don't win a lot of games this year, that's not bad because Bryce Young uh, or CJ Stroud is on the other side. Like look at the prospect, the QB prospects a year ago. It's Sam Howell and it's Spencer Rattler before you see any other name. Those two guys were, they're the ones that you tank this year. You could get Spencer Rattler or Sam Howe. Spencer Rattler had to transfer. Sam Howe is a backup to Carson Wentz. But the pedigree remains for Sam Howe. And if you get him in sooner rather than later, this will lead to good things. I'm just concerned about his chicken tender addiction. I don't know. That, that was kind of throw, throw me off. I'm concerned. I'm concerned by the fact that when he has a helmet on, especially. You don't know if he's, ball, he might be munching. He might be munching. You don't know. No, no, I'm concerned that he looks way too much like Baker Mayfield. That, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's uncanny how much he resembles with the helmet on, the way he throws the ball and everything, how much he looks like Baker. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting that with that. And there's like, because I know, I first heard I was talking to him, like one guy, I think it was like the former director of player personnel for the Cowboys. And he was talking about, he goes, I love Sam Howe. He's my favorite quarterback in Strap. I'm like, are you concerned about the chicken? He goes, what? He, <laughs> I mean, like, if he, if you can't bring those on the field, because I don't think he's bringing them on the field, but no, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> he's like, not the only, a, I'll tell you that he's not the only talent evaluator I talked to who during the season, I talked to a couple of guys, you know, prominent guys who said like, no one's talking about Sam Howe, but he's the best talent in the draft. He still is the one who now, for what it's worth, you know, I say everybody doesn't, iron doesn't sharpen everybody, but some guys do well with the chip on their shoulder. And he definitely has one now after falling behind all the names he fell behind in one calendar year and being a second round draft pick. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hip on him, especially I like the way the offense sets up there. There there's an opportunity. Oh, you like the run, run, run punt offense that, Scott Turner runs. Well, I, I'm not responsible for the play calling. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I was referring more to the pieces that are out on the field to be deployed we'll see. We'll see. by a we'll smarter see. guy. Maybe. We'll see if Curtis Samuel takes the field, but yeah, but, uh, but I do really appreciate you taking time. How can people check out your podcast and follow you on social? Well, you know, find it minus three. That's how you do it. Minus three, wherever you find good podcasts, you'll also find minus three and also extra points uh, with, uh, with cousin Sal, who, you know, Marty Weiss, um, good times over there and good times with you today. Awesome, man. Really, really appreciate it. Can't wait for the season because this this week, this next week is going to be, or next two weeks is going to, it's going to feel longer than 14 days because even with preseason, that kind of gives you a little bit, but there's nothing going on. I'm not watching baseball. Yeah. So, well, no, well, don't do that. There's no reason for that. No. Don't, don't abuse yourself. I don't, but, I don't uh, yeah, muzzle tub, yeah, yeah. Muzzle tub on the CBS gig. Uh, appreciate that's marvelous it. news. Yeah. Well deserved as I tell anybody who's still listening at this point, you are a great example of people say, how do I do, how do I get into this stuff? You are a shameless hustler. That's, that's the number one thing. Hustle, 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 be yeah. annoying to people. And trust me, you are deeply annoying, yeah. um, but you hustle. And, and that's the number one attribute and yeah. muzzle tough to you on getting to the other side here. Appreciate it. There's actually one, um, I don't know if you saw it, 
like last week that video that there's people chasing the duck around. Did you see that video? It's going viral a little bit. No, He's that's winning. in Rocky too, though. Like that's what Balboa has to do is to catch a chicken or a so this one. This one is something new that we could people could gamble on during baseball season when there's nothing to gamble on. These women in Indonesia uh, put blindfolds on and they were chasing a duck around a circle. I would gamble on that. And I think that could be an Olympic sport someday. So, well, I'll leave you with this thought. If you watch the new version of Game of Thrones, that's good. Jousting. I would I like I that. Think, Bring it I back. Jousting would Bring be it fun. back. I, I, yep. I, it seems like Renaissance era entertainment sucks yeah. for the most part, but jousting is a notable exception. Maryland's still st- still the state sport. <laughs> so bring it back. Maybe the turf to be good at something in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but do, do, we want to thank you again. Anytime, cool. fella.